As I kneel in the darkness In the middle of the night I'm praying for assurance Everything's gonna be alright Lord, I see another battle Out in front of me I'm afraid I won't be able And I'll go down in defeat He said, do you remember Where I brought you from Just take a look behind you At how far you've come And every time that you ask me didn't I deliver you? So why would you be thinking that I wouldn't see it through? Didn't I walk on the water and I calmed the raging sea? I spoke to the wind, it hushed and I gave you peace. Didn't I run to your rescue? Didn't I hear you when you called? I walked right beside you just so you would fall. Didn't I leave all of heaven just to die for your sin? I searched until I found you and I do it all again Now she's talking to her father In a house that was once a home Said my bills are coming due, Lord Six days, it's not that long She hears a voice so soft and low It said I moved like that before and I can do this little thing And I can give you so much more Didn't I walk on the water And I calmed the raging sea I spoke to the wind It hushed and I gave you peace Didn't I run to your rescue I walked right beside you just so you would fall. Didn't I leave all of heaven just to die for your sins? I searched until I found you and I do it all again. I searched until I found and I do it all again. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it far. For the Father waits over the way 
to prepare us a dwelling place there. We will sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirits will sorrow no more. Not a sigh. For the blessing of rest in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. To our bountiful Father above, we will.
Seems like I've been out here on the stormy seas About as long as I can stand And it seems like you send me another wave, Lord Every time I catch my breath I've trimmed my sails And I've changed my course Again, Lord, and again Lord, if you could find me a place to land My ship needs to there's dark clouds to my left Lord, and there's dark clouds to my right And there's thunder and there's lightning I keep sending out my signals of distress With no one there to see them And the waves crash up Over the bow And they soak me Through my skin Lord, if you could find me A place to land My ship needs to if you could clear the skies for just one minute So I could see the stars I'd find my points And I'd head back out And try it just once more But Lord, I'm beat up And Lord, I'm broken And my light is getting dim Lord if you could find me a place to land my ship needs to come in Lord if you could find me a place to land my ship needs to come in Bible teaches us to in everything give thanks for this the giving of thanks is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you we also wish to make intercessory prayers today prayers of confession prayers of repentance and we just need to lift up many prayers before our Heavenly Father 
And at this particular time, I would like to invite you to type into the timeline of today's service any prayer request that you may have. Keep in mind that if you wish this to be a private prayer, just mention unspoken request. If you wish the world to know, then please type in that need and folks around the world will be able to join you in specific prayer for your request. And so begin to type those in right now so that others may pray with you and for you. We would like to pray today for Ronald Faust, who has been entered into hospice care. We pray for Charlie and Faye as he is on a long journey recovering from COVID and other issues. We continue to pray for Johnny Holston, who also is recovering from COVID and a fall, for Judy, for Catherine, and for Jeff. Martha called us with special requests this week. Tamisha has special needs for her family and for friends, some of whom have come down with COVID and are pretty sick. We pray for Nate and Julie Ware. Pastor Nate will be undergoing a second knee replacement on November 8th. And we also want to remember Julie's brother, Eldon, and his wife, both who have COVID at this time. And we also want to pray for the family of a very faithful servant, a youth minister, a man who works so diligently among the least, last, lost, and lonely, and that is Mr. Stan Green. I heard last night late that he had passed away in an automobile accident yesterday, so please remember the Green family. We also have a crusade coming up at our Shades of Grace International Ministry in Nigeria. This will be during the first week of December, and I will be doing the first message for that. I'm not traveling to Nigeria at this time, but I will be doing that by digital means, and Miss D will be sharing the ASL, and the Shades of Grace Band and Landon will be providing music for that service. So pray for us as we put that all together and upload it for the Nigerian Crusade. They will be having indigenous local pastors and ministers doing the rest of the services. And we'd like to pray today for our online congregation. We have folks who regularly every week join us in Canada, in uh, other countries, about 60 countries of the world actually, who join us in the course of a month. And so we wish to remember each of you in your prayers and ask God to always be with you. Continue to pray for those who are dealing with COVID and our entire world that has been suffering for now a year and a half because of this pandemic. And we will be having another vaccine clinic this coming Tuesday from 10, I'm sorry, from 10 until one at our community campus on Gibson Mill Road. And we will be hosting Nikki with knickknack uh, hot dogs and she'll be sharing free hot dogs for the community. So come out, you can get your vaccine on that date. And then we'll be providing another uh, vaccine clinic here in this building in about 10 days. So we're doing our best to try to keep the folks safe. And we ask you to pray for our world as we continue to make our way through this difficult time. I would like to invite you now, wherever you are, to be in an attitude of prayer 
and thanksgiving as Landon leads us in a prayer of meditation. Oh, my brother, when I'm weak, would you stand instead for me and pray a fortress round me strong that can't be moved? And I promise you today when I bow my knees to pray, I'll do my best to build a wall a prayer for you sometimes a wall of grace sometimes a wall of faith other times his sweet mercy that I need but the one Now, friends, wherever you are, will you say a hearty amen? And we can do a little better in the building today. Everybody, amen. All right, thank you. It is so good to see friends gathering with us again today in the house of worship. And I would encourage you to pray about it and come on out on Saturday mornings and join us for this time of recording at 10.30. It will be so good to have you. And we have three of our friends today joining us from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And for them, we offer thanks to God. Okay, friends, wherever you are today as you view this program and this worship service, I know we have so much to be thankful for. And so now I would invite you, wherever you are, to join with me as we sing together the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God all creatures there below. Praise God above ye heavenly Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay, friends, I would invite you to join me in a moment of prayer just now as I prepare to share this message for today. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, creator and sustainer of all life, we approach your throne of grace with boldness and humility, offering thanks to you for another opportunity to expound upon the words of Jesus Christ and to share the good news of the gospel of his kingdom. I pray that everybody who hears these words today will be encouraged, inspired, and lifted up and help each of us, O oh Lord, to do our best in making this world a better and brighter place to be. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, 
our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The title of my message today comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 12 and it is when enough is not enough. When enough is not enough. We read these verses in uh, Luke chapter 12 verses 15 through 21. Jesus said, watch out, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. And then he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves and is not rich toward God. As a nation, we are now entering into the season of Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, I believe that Thanksgiving is a place that is kind of just often looked at as an afterthought, kind of a place that is just uh, crowded in between a secular event of harvest time and Halloween and all the things that go along with that, and then the coming of Advent and Christmas. And so often, not enough focus is given upon offering thanks to the Lord. And so uh, we today want to focus upon uh, uh, the uh, idea of thanksgiving between now and the next few Sundays until the beginning of Lent as we look forward to the Christmas season. So we're preoccupied with thoughts of buying gifts for people that we really hardly even know. We struggle with what to give because we do live in a world, particularly here in America, where it seems that everybody has everything and we're kind of like the church that the Lord speaks to in the book of the Revelation chapter 3 who says we are rich and increased with goods and have need of anything. We don't need anything. And that's kind of how our world is today. But if we were to go to about 95% of the rest of the world, we would understand what true need is. And so during these next few Sundays, I would like to be talking about how you and I as the church of Jesus Christ can make a difference by sharing our faith and by giving good things to the world. We live in a land of plenty. There's an abundance of stuff. Have you ever noticed lately, and especially even in our community and around Northeast Tennessee, how many self-storage units are already in existence? 
and it seems like many more are being constructed all the time. And so as somebody said, we seem to live in a land of car washes and self-storage units. Perhaps we fall into that category of the rich man that we just read about in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. You know, I've read this story many times. I've, I'm sure I've preached on it a lot of times over the years about this rich man that we talk about here in Luke chapter 12. And I've heard it preached and said that this man had a serious eye problem. Did you notice how many times he uses that personal pronoun, I, in his conversation in the parable that Jesus gives? His condition is not a physical eye problem, but a spiritual eye problem. It was all about me. He was self-centered and not outwardly focused. Remember in verse 21, Jesus said, this is how it will be with anybody who stores up things selfishly and fails to include God and neighbor in the equation. Sometimes it's, Lord, just bless me and my three or my four and no more. And we tend to forget about the world around us. And we remember from a previous message a few Sundays ago, Lord, who is my neighbor? And my neighbor is everybody I meet. Doesn't matter. We do not put any restrictions or labels on that. We all are created in the image and likeness of God. May I suggest a passage of scripture today from 1 John chapter 3, verse 17? But whoever lays up this world's good and sees his brother or sister in need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Again, we read in the scriptures a question that says, how can we say we love God whom we have not seen if we will not love our neighbor whom we see on a regular basis? Again, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20, we read these words. If someone says, I love God, and I'm sure you could go out on the sidewalk or on the streets of Kingsport today or wherever you live and ask the question, do you love God? And most people will say, sure, I love God. And yet Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And in 1 John chapter 4, if we say we love God and we hate our brother, then we are liars. For the love, if we love not our brother whom we have seen, we cannot love an invisible God. So we learn a lot of lessons from this parable that Jesus gives. You know what a parable is. A parable is an earthly story with spiritual principles. Jesus often taught using parables. He taught about stories of ordinary people just like all of us. And often those parables have individuals with no names included. And I like to say the reason they are not named as we read that parable 2,000 plus years later, we can actually put our own name in some of them for we relate to the stories that Jesus tells. And he clearly says, a number of times, whoever has an ear to hear, 
Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So we learn a lot of lessons from the Old Testament. We learn lessons from the New Testament Gospels, from the epistles and the letters of the early centuries in the Christian faith. Letters from people like John, James, the Apostle Paul, and others. But in all honesty and transparency, the greatest lessons ever learned are those taught by the master teacher himself, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who said, I am, and the one of whom is written in the scriptures, in the beginning was the Word, capital W-O-R-D, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we learn a lot of lessons from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I hope we all understand the word Christ simply means the anointed one of God. In this lesson today from the Gospel of Luke chapter 12, Jesus calls the rich man a fool. Now I don't know how you read the scriptures and interpret them or have been taught, but these are some select sobering thoughts to me as we read what Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, and verse 22, I want you to listen to this. Jesus said, But I tell you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be danger, in danger of the judgment. Whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Raka in the Aramaic language means empty one or empty-headed one. Maybe uh, just calling someone useless and totally uh, without purpose in the world. And the scholars seem to think that this was a very grievous insult to give anyone. So um, I've always been taught, and there are a few things in the scriptures that I take really, really seriously, and that is... Um, I don't ever want to call anyone a fool. First of all, that's presumptuous because the Bible says a fool hath said in his or her heart, there is no God. But we all may have some knowledge of God and believe in our creator as we learn and grow in our faith. So I cannot judge your heart. I cannot read your mind. And therefore, we leave that into the Lord's hands. I read a sign on a church not too long ago, and it was talking about uh, being fishers of men. And the marquee simply said, be fishers of men. You catch them, let Jesus clean them. You know, and uh, we don't catch them and throw them back, right? We just fish for people. We share the gospel of Jesus Christ and then let God do God's work in the life of each person as everyone's journey is so uniquely different from any other. Because all we're doing, as Dr. Smitty says, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking each other home. Have you all heard Dr. Smitty sing that? Yeah, you have. Uh, he sings that little song. And we're walking, we're walking, we're walking each other home. And that's what we're doing, is simply just trusting the Lord. So um, this parable today... 
about the rich man seems as much about respect as it does about anything else. The man was apparently so caught up in his own self-centered agenda that he forgot the greatest commandment that Jesus gave, and that is to love God and neighbor as one loves him or herself. You see, love, everybody say love. Say it real loud so the world can hear. Love, love always wins, period. Or I'll put an exclamation mark in there too. Love always wins, exclamation point, period. We read in Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church that love never fails. I fail, and without being judgmental of anyone, I can say we all fall short. Not one of us lives a sinless life of perfection. We seek, we strive to walk closer with our Lord. But the word sin literally means to miss the mark. If you have a target and maybe you're throwing darts or shooting an arrow or whatever and you miss the bullseye in the center, then that means you have missed the point. And that's simply what sin is. We miss the mark of God's perfect love and perfection. And so we seek to grow perfect in love every day of our life. That is our goal. And so we must admit and confess that we do fail regularly. And James, who was the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem, exhorts us to confess our faults to one another and to pray for one another that we may be healed. And that's a good place to begin or a good place to continue. Have you ever heard the old expression, that person is so close to the forest, he can't see the trees? You ever heard that one? I think that describes the self-absorbed condition of the rich man that we read about in this parable today. I'm pretty sure that human nature and human needs and desires have changed very little over the past couple of thousand years. There's always going to be impoverished neighbors all around us. There's always gonna be the poor. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. And um, someone said one time, God sure must have loved poor people because he made an awful lot of them. There are many reasons that people find themselves in the outer fringes of society. But God always has a place in the heart of God's people to care for the last, least, and lonely people of our world today. Those who do not have the ability or the knowledge maybe that we have. And so they will always be included in community. They're often here in order that we as an individual or as a storefront congregation would never take life's benefits for granted. There's not any doubt in my mind as I hear this story that Jesus tells about the rich man that in this particular story in the train of thought that if you go not very far from the rich man's barns you would find plenty of poverty-stricken, hungry, naked and homeless neighbors. 
but this man apparently refused to see with his eyes and heart. He had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of stuff. He had an abundance of goods. It was not bad stuff. It's not wrong to have good stuff. It's not a bad thing to be rich. It's simply that when those riches stand between our God and our loving, our neighbor as ourself. So I ask a real serious question from the title of today's message. When is enough enough? Or when is enough not enough? May I challenge every one of us today, why not see whatever excess that we have in life as an opportunity to make somebody else's life a little better than to view it as a burden? You know, the rich man that Jesus talked about here seemed to have ended up in a dead-end road, feeling distraught and feeling that maybe God's favor is somewhere upon someone, but he was just not sure how to look at all this because he wasn't allowing the Lord to have preeminence in his heart and in his mind. He saw the abundance of his crops as just uh, a hindrance or something that would be have to be dealt with in a way of building bigger barns to store it all rather than to look at it as a answer to somebody's problem or a blessing to pass around. You hear that old expression today, pass, uh, pay it forward, right? Pay it forward. And we've all done that. And sometimes I'll drive through pals and I'll go to pay for the person and they say, oh, the car in front of you paid for it. And it may have only been a $2 order or well, one day I was by myself and it was about a $20 order because I was taking orders for people here who were working that day. And, uh, but at any rate, whatever the amount, doesn't it make you feel good when somebody has paid it forward, someone who you don't even know, somebody that you may never even meet and they may have never known who you were or who I am. They just wanted to do something good. And it always makes me think about paying it forward to the person following me. And that's how we ought to do in life, is take all the provisions and blessings that God puts into our lives and into our hands and be able to share them and be able to give a cup of cold water to somebody who's thirsty or to give something to eat or to give a warm coat on a rainy and cold October day or to give a bagged lunch. Whatever we do, do all in the name of Jesus Christ and heartily as unto the Lord, the scripture says. Now, um, the Bible says the ground of this rich man had brought forth plentifully. That means that that isn't to say that he didn't do anything to make that possible. I'm sure he plowed the field and I'm sure he picked up all the stones and, and uh, planted seeds just like all the other farmers around him did. But Jesus said once the um, seeds are planted, then it's up to God. Sometimes we have to water them, but the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The wicked farmer, the godly farmer, 
God sends rain on this side of Sullivan Street and on that side of Sullivan Street. It's a part of God's grace and God's mercy in our world today. And so some things we cannot accept credit for because the poet put it pretty well one day, only God can grow a tree. I believe Jesus encountered a lot of rich people on his journeys and we read about a number of them in the Bible. Some of them didn't understand the principles of kingdom stewardship. Some of them did. I guess that's why at one place Jesus said it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he followed that up by saying how hard it is for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven because Jesus understood and he reminds us that wherever a person's heart is, there will our treasure be also. So how do we look at that? Do we look at it as a blessing to be able to share with the world or do we look at it as something that we have to guard with our whole heart until the point that it becomes a burden for us? Last week, if you remember, I referenced a rich young ruler in the sermon who approached the Lord and asked what he might do to inherit eternal life. And after hearing everything that our Lord recommended to him, he reluctantly turned his head and walked away with much sorrow in his heart. Now there's another story in the Bible that I love. It's the story of a rich man and Lazarus. The rich man fared sumptuously every day. He dressed in the best designer clothing line of the time. He even fed the dogs the best leftovers from his lavish meals. But to quote Jesus from one of the scriptures that I read last week, he still lacked something. There was something missing in his life. He ignored the, the beggar who lay outside the gate of his wealthy estate. The beggar could have had leprosy. He could have had any issue going on in his life, any kind of problem or life. The only comfort freely given to this man was by the neighborhood dogs who came and licked his itching and oozing sores. That was the only comfort this man could afford. And yet, while he was dressed in rags, and only the Lord knows how long it had been since he had been allowed the pleasure of a warm meal or good clothes, the wealthy man sent away his day of opportunity and grace. And one day, the Bible says, they both died. You know, at the end of our journey, that's what can be said of us. The beggar entered into the blissful place of paradise and the rich man ended up in a place of separation from God and loneliness. Only then did he remember how much he had taken for granted and how far he had missed the kingdom goal of eternal life in the presence of God where all things are made new because he failed to obey and follow the greatest commandment of loving the Lord and loving the neighbor as oneself. So I ask the question again as I, in a few moments, will wind up this message. 
When is enough not enough? To recall another question that I brought to you last week in the message, Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul? Or what would a person give in exchange for his or her soul? And please know that it is nowhere in my heart today uh, my intention to condemn anyone who has riches. Neither did Jesus condemn anyone because that person had wealth. But he did rebuke, chasten, and condemn those ones who refused God's plan for taking care of the last, least, lost, and lonely in our world. You know, the scriptures teach us all over the place as Jesus sent out the disciples, if you have two coats, give one to somebody who is cold. You know, share with your neighbor, give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall people give into your bosoms. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, we read a sobering statement from Jesus. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. To modernize that biblical verse, maybe uh, we think about Peter Parker in the movie Spider-Man who uh, received the words of wisdom from Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. That's kind of one way we could interpret what Jesus is trying to say to all of us. So whether or not we want to admit it, you and I are abundantly blessed beyond measure. We're blessed far more than we deserve. Often I'll ask people, how are you doing? And they'll say, blessed uh, more than I deserve. And that is so true. There's a biblical phrase called grace upon grace. And I think that would apply here. As a storefront house of worship right here in Kingsport, Tennessee, we're now entering our eighth year of ministry right now in this place. We've received, I'm sorry, here I am speaking Appalachian again, Miss <laughs> I, I, I fall back into that. Woo. Uh, okay. Um, as this storefront house of worship, we've received those many shades of grace. The number is far more than 50. Now, the reason I say that, we have a gentleman whom I have never met. I pray for him often. I send him a note of thanksgiving and little letters. And at once a month, this gentleman sends to us a check for $365. And that, I guess, uh, reflects his tithe. He's never been to Shades of Grace. He uh, wrote me a long letter one time and asked me about our ministry. And he said, I want to start supporting this place called Shades of Grace. And so he does that, and every time I get the envelope, it's addressed to 50 Shades of Grace, 313 East Sullivan Street, Kingsport, Tennessee. And I laugh about that because, you know, way back a few years ago when we were just starting this ministry, there was a movie, there was a book, kind of sensual, you might say, a little bit far away from 
the Christian aspect called Fifty Shades of Grey. Remember that? <laughs> so um, I don't know, but I think of that all the time. There are far more than 50 shades of God's grace. It is grace upon grace, multiplied grace unto each of us, sisters and brothers in the family of God. One of the ministries to the last, least, lost and lonely that we sponsor and participate in is the community burial service that was held yesterday on Saturday on a rainy and cloudy October day. We celebrated the lives of men and women who slipped away from this earthly life, many unnoticed, many unmissed, all unclaimed. And as we have done for a number of years, Shades of Grace pays and helps pay for cremations. We provide a burial plot through Emmanuel Lutheran Congregation who partners with us, and then we provide a tombstone for each of them. Not much unlike the beggar that I talked about a few moments ago who laid at the rich man's gate, and all he had was just the dogs to come and bring him meager comfort. He wouldn't even get the crumbs that fell from the table. And as we came in, you know, before the service of uh, burial, uh, someone said it sure is a rainy and dreary day. And I said, you know what? It just reminds me that for these lives who we remember here to, on this particular occasion, life was not always sunny for them. Life was not always good for them. The rain falls upon all, but sometimes uh, many people suffer. And so we remember all those who were not noticed with notoriety. Their names were not placed in the headlines of the local paper or the national news. They just simply slipped away like Enoch of the Old Testament. The Bible simply says Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. And so these folks just simply slipped away from the streets of Kingsport, from the back alleys, from their homes, from their places, you know, wherever they have come from, they often were uh, accustomed to uh, abuse verbally and sometimes physically, mistreated with acts of disgust. You know, I've actually witnessed folks leaving our congregation or coming to our Sunday congregation being cursed because they were homeless or actually being spit upon that, those kinds of things have happened right here in Shades of Grace. But do you know one promise that Jesus made? The last here will be first. There, the, the last shall be first. And there is a place where everything is made new, where there won't be any more homelessness, any more suffering, any more sadness, any more neglect, but all will be blessings in that place of uncloudy day that the music that we heard about earlier today with uh, the band, Oh, the Land of the Unclouded Sky. Jesus identifies with every one of them. I told you last week how he invited Zacchaeus, the most hated man in town, down out of the tree to go home and fellowship with him. You see, through the prophet of the Old Testament, it is speaking of Jesus who would come centuries later he was oppressed and forsaken and rejected. He was despised of men. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we 
were healed. The entire universe was created by this Jesus Christ, whom we know as the Good Shepherd. Way back a few months ago, I did a series of sermons on the I Ams of Jesus. I am the door, I am the shepherd, I am the resurrection and life. You know all of those. He never complained. He pronounced it all good and actually very good. He already owns it all, the cattle on a thousand hills, according to the psalmist. And as one country preacher said, all the gold and potatoes under the hills belong to the Lord. Dottie Rambo sang a song, and I'm going to uh, share that in just a moment. The things that I love and hold dear to my heart, they're just borrowed, they're not mine at all. Jesus only lets me use them to brighten my life. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Finally, before I sing that song, I say to you, you, every one of you, wherever you are today, in foreign countries, in stateside, locally, wherever you are who view this ministry, I say to you, you are chosen and loved by God. It doesn't matter what your status in life is. It doesn't matter who you love. It doesn't matter what kind of label that someone puts upon you. You are valuable in, in life and you are remembered in death. And on this weekend, as we celebrate All Saints Day on Monday, we rejoice with all the sisters and brothers in Christ who have gone before us, who now worship around the throne of God in that which we know as the church triumphant. And I want to close today with you this song, Remind Me, Dear Lord, and let this be a prayer of thanksgiving and remembrance for you. The things that I love and hold dear to my heart are just borrowed. They're not mine at all. Jesus
wasted why he loved me I don't understand roll back the curtain of memory now and then show me where you brought me from and where I could have been remember I'm human and humans forget so remind me remind me dear Lord now I want you that are here today to sing the chorus with me wherever you are God bless you, friends. If we can ever help you at Shades of Grace, please contact us right here by means of social media. Call our number at the church office any Monday through Friday or knock upon our doors, and we will do what we can to make life a little better for you in the name of Jesus Christ who loves you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, and you try to feel the empty holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a present shaking savior. If you got change, he's a chain breaker. We all search for the light of the day in the dead of night. All found ourselves worn out from the same old fights. We all run to things we know just ain't right. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Chain breaker. 
to testify If you believe it If you receive it If you can't feel it Somebody testify If you got pain He's a pain taker 